0: Along with Jeremy Poplin, I'm Colby Daniels. This is the show on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. We head back to the Blitz hotline and say hello to Dusty Dvorak. Dusty, happy Thursday, my friend. What's happening?
1: A little bit of everything, gentlemen. Great to talk with you. Merry New Year uh, in 2024 for the first time. Uh, What a week it's been, guys. It was... um, the the Rose Bowl, I, I don't know what else to say. It was uh, phenomenal. I'm sorry, Colby. I tried to see if I could get you as a special assistant, get your potential. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was a no, but I'll work on that all right. a little bit more in the future. It's always that, next year. That uh, boy Monday night, was that pretty good or what, boys? That was awesome. It was incredible. Two uh, games
0: that literally come down to the final play, right? And that's all you can ask for, especially with the – the early portion of of semifinal games we had in this college football playoff era, we were just begging for close games and I mean two years in a row, not only to get close games but this year to get literally final play of the game uh, games it's uh, it's It's tremendous and and that atmosphere in Pasadena, dusty that flyover with the stealth bomber before the game i mean it's uh, it's just no matter how you feel about the way and the stubbornness that the the Rose Bowl has and treats the rest of college football. It's so special
1: at at four o'clock. It really is. uh, I I would say even maybe even a little bit more special at four o'clock Pacific time. So six o'clock Central, seven Eastern, because when that like I I, and again, I played there, but I did not see the view from the booth. But the what is that? The San Gabriel Mountains uh, off in the distance. When that sun starts to set, they go from you see vegetation to it's just like a golden orange it is like nothing I've ever seen before like like a, you're looking at a painting as a backdrop uh and and the football yeah it was it was pretty good too so that was tremendous I uh sign me up I've said this for a couple of years now but I, I feel it even more so uh I would be more than happy to make the Rose Bowl the site for the national championship of college football every year like I kind of like the road to Omaha I like the road to Oklahoma City and, and I, I know it's not going to happen because they're going to sell that baby and it's going to be like the Super Bowl and they're gonna, it's about money and there's going to be a lot of money that comes with a different venue. But uh, as we're losing tradition in college football, it feels like by the day, definitely by the year, they've been playing that Rose Bowl. It started 1902. It's the oldest active bowl game or college football game we have. And uh, as as magical as that place is, majestic, I think, is, is the proper word, uh, sign me up for one that would love to see um, a national championship played there every year. I know it's pie in the sky, but.
0: And on def- a Saturday, for crying out loud. And on a Saturday. Well, yes, that, sir.
2: That's what I was getting ready to ask. So would that mean that you are in favor, then, Dusty, of moving up the, the rounds of playoffs to earlier in December so we could actually have this thing <sighs> maybe even take place on a January 1st at the Rose Bowl at the exact same time? I mean, I'd be okay with that.
1: I don't know if that happens. I would be okay also with if you want to have the Rose Bowl uh, and then have the national championship game there or something, I'd be fine with that too. I mean, yeah, if there's a way to make the calendar work, I'm all about that pop. Like, I just think that we're only seeing this thing getting pushed back further. So, uh, you know, I mean. (laughs)
2: Unfortunately. like the 20th of next year.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. So, I don't know how we, we unwind that or bring it back, but. It's a, that is a special, special place, and man, the, um, the games themselves, both those games, just they lived up to all the hype, we, we thought we'd have competitive matchups, and boy, that was an understatement, both those games, like you said, Colby, final play, uh, as college football fans, sports fans in general, we really can't ask for anything more than that. There's
0: no doubt. Uh, I think we'll probably spend some of tomorrow's time, Dusty, talking about that matchup and, and then again on Monday. But we've had a lot of breaking news here in the state of Oklahoma yes. this afternoon. And I, I got to start with your thoughts on uh, Oklahoma and Ted Roof uh, mutually parting ways as, as Ted Roof had the, that label defensive coordinator.
1: Not surprised. Um, you know, this was, this is a guy that was handpicked by coach Venables to come back, to come with him here from, from Clemson. And, you know, I I have, I have not talked to coach V, but I, you know, I I sit, you know, today, but I, I kind of thought there was a possibility this could happen. You know, the one thing and just in in full transparency, you know, I thought there were strides by the defense this year, but still uh, a lot to be desired, but You know, Coach Venables took a bigger role as a defensive, you know, basically the linebackers coach, defensive coordinator. I mean, he's pretty pretty open about that all season. So, um, you know, I I, like if you make this move, are you going to bring in somebody who's going to do even less? Are you going to relinquish some of that? Like, you know, like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where I think they're going to actually go. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Do you, do you promote Brandon Hall from within uh, who's somebody who's been with coach Venables for, since I was in school? Uh, obviously they had a, a split whenever he goes to Clemson, but I know that those two trust, you know, coach Venables trusts coach Hall immensely. Uh, do you go outside? Uh, you know, there's, I think coach Falai and Jim Leonard, uh, they they go way back. Do, do you do you bring in somebody like that? I got. I honestly I consider and tell you without without lying. I, I don't know exactly which direction they go, but knowing Coach Venables, I, I just I have a hard time believing he's going to bring in a defensive coordinator that's going to want to do things their way. Uh, I think that he's going to want things done his way, and I think it's going to be very very difficult for him to relinquish any of that control. So, um, but. But again I think that you've got to tweak, you've got to do something because for a second straight year you're just not getting the results you would hope to see on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Well that was my question about relinquishing some of that. Uh if he has that within him and d- during this period we've talked about, you know, the open week where you self scout um have there been those moments where he feels like that he has to and you know gundy has talked openly about that that he didn't kind of learn that lesson until year seven or eight as a head coach to l- legitimately become a ceo of the program he felt like he was trying to do too much at that time maybe that's not where venables is at but dusty does he have that within him or is is he someone that has to have it his his way
1: i mean we don't know yet right yeah it's only year three that's I mean, true we just finished year two uh it's hard for me to think about him allowing somebody to come in and run his defense. You know, like I just I, – I, and, and, and I like Coach Roof. Uh, he's a good guy. I got to know him really well. But, I mean, it, it also – my take from, from when they first hired him and definitely seeing from the inside was he was a guy that wasn't going to push back when Coach Venables, you know, wanted to insert himself whether that's in linebacker drills, uh, whether that's, you know, in, in the meeting room, whether that's on the practice field. What, I mean, Coach Venable's was a scout team quarterback, right? I mean, like, <laughs> he, he's coaching everybody and he's playing scout team quarterback. Like, I – he is a, a very detailed guy and he, he wants – he's going to want to run things his way and – but what I don't know, and it's so hard to, to determine ultimately, like this is all new for him. You know, like he was a defensive coordinator for a long, long time. What, over two decades he was a defensive coordinator, at least co-defensive coordinator going back to 1999. And so when you do something for that long, and, you know, that's, that's kind of what you know that, you know, we're all creatures of habit, especially football players and coaches. It's got to be unbelievably difficult for him uh, to, to give that up. And, and I know, I mean because he's told me and I know he, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not saying anything that he hasn't said, but you know, I think he, you know, he believes he got the head coaching job because of what he's able to do defensively, and you know, h- how well he was able to get defenses to perform. And I think that in his mind, he believes that why would I give that up? You know, why, why wouldn't I've got, I've got this, you know, this ability. I've got this, uh, this skill set. And would I, wouldn't I be doing my, my team a disservice if I wasn't fully utilizing that, allowing them to utilize that? I just think that's something that I think goes through his mind. Um, now two years in and like you said, pop, being able to self scout, self reflect, does he look at that and say, man, I have got to, I've got to relinquish some of this. I've got to, I've got to delegate. I've got to allow, uh, you know, someone else. And, and that may all be possible. I I really don't know. I, I just, I'd kind of been expecting that. That this was going to be a possibility with Ted Roof, but I'm I'm not exactly sure where they go from here. So uh, I'm going to be fascinated to find out, and I I would venture to guess by by tomorrow or Monday I'll I'll have a uh, a better answer as to which direction they're going to go. But I um I wish Coach Roof nothing but the best, but I I do think this uh, with the expectation the standard for Oklahoma defense, especially under Brent Venables, is much higher than what we've seen throughout the duration of the first two seasons. And the question that you have, I have, and I think we all have, does that mean a bigger emphasis of him on the defense, which I find hard to believe. I don't know how much more of an emphasis he could have. Um, or does that mean him taking a step back and relinquishing uh, some, of that, um, some of that stranglehold uh, that he has on the defense? I, I'm fascinated to find out. Uh, but I, I'd be lying if I said that I know definitively which, which direction he's looking to go.
0: That was kind of my point earlier is I, I don't think we have a good idea of what he needs out of that spot going forward. So to try and figure out who that might be seems like a, a pretty troubling task because we know that this is going to be his defense in some way, right? I mean, he's going to be the ultimate overseer of it, whether he's super hands-off or uh, super hands-on. Like It it will be the Brent Venables defense. Yes. Uh, maybe there's, there's new innovative ideas that can be brought into it with a younger mind or you know a, a, a fresh mind and maybe they had maximized everything they were going to get out of Ted Roof but i thought it was a good hire in the first place because you're talking about a guy that's rebuilding a a program and is be a head coach for the first time and is going to be pulled in a lot of different directions and you probably need somebody that's been around for a long time and has a lot of experience in that role to maybe manage the defense but not push back in the early stages and and you know roles change Brent Venables probably needs something different out of his D.C. going into next year than he did in year number one. And, look, maybe that guy's on staff. Maybe, Dusty, it's as simple as, and we've seen the scenario before, having to elevate somebody into a defensive coordinator role to, to get them higher pay or to retain their services. Um, you know, I know you've talked great things about Todd Bates, yep. who I would imagine uh, could find other opportunities, or Brandon Hall, as you mentioned. We just don't know what he needs out of that spot. But my point, I think, the whole time is, Either way, this is gonna be the Brent Venable's defense. Yes. 100
1: hundred one hundred percent. Uh how much day to day is he gonna be overs you know hands on? I I don't know. Again, it's hard for me to think that he's gonna take his hands off the wheel. Um, we know that he's gonna he's gonna have a watchful eye, but just how hands on is he gonna be? I do believe isn't Jay Velai the co defensive coordinator? I think Todd he, Bates. Okay. Um, I thought Todd Bates was the assistant head coach.
0: His Wikipedia said co-DC. But- I,
2: I know Todd was assistant head coach at Clemson about the less than a month that right. he stayed there.
1: Right, I've got it pulled up here. Uh, Todd Bates, associate head coach, co-defensive coordinator. Okay. Run defense. Jay Valai, co-defensive coordinator. Oh, okay. pass defense. All right. And they've already got Ted Roof off the page. This is the this is the Oklahoma site. <laughs> that
2: didn't take long. <laughs> yeah,
1: Ted Roof isn't there, and it's got. Again, I'm not saying this is what they're doing moving forward, but that's that's what they currently have up. Uh, as we sit here and we're talking right now, nobody obviously is the linebackers coach. So, I, you know, I don't know. Was that? I don't think that was Jay Valize's position previously.
2: Not that I remember.
1: Interesting. Maybe maybe they've already made this move, guys.
2: Well, I mean that that's the other point that we were talking about earlier too was it's nice to have people um like in terms of quality depth on your staff like they did from the analyst positions on the offensive side to have people there that you know have the ability uh and that have proven it at other steps along the way because uh, not everyone has the ability to promote within to uh, positions like this. And Oklahoma's and, and Venables has put himself at least in a position to have some pretty good options if that's the way that he wants to go.
1: He does. Uh, and, and obviously we know uh, one one guy that's not going to be there is Matt Wells, as he was named the co-offensive coordinator, quarterbacks that's coach awesome. in Manhattan today. Yeah. I'm really happy for, for Coach Wells. Uh, yeah, this is, this is interesting, uh, especially now as I'm looking at it and to see Javali's Uh, You know, that already be like if you've if you've already given him, given him that uh, that title, you take that away. (laughs) You know, like, can you you bring in a third defensive coordinator? (laughs) I I, that's interesting. It almost it almost tells me that that they are going to promote from within. Uh, Maybe just bring in a a linebackers coach, which if if that's the case, I, I I think. I don't think Coach Venable is going to take much of a step back and having, you know, his, his imprint, his impact, his hands firmly on the wheel of this defense. So, but I, again, I don't want to overly speculate, but that is very, very interesting as I pulled up the, uh, the Oklahoma website, uh, Ted Roof gone and Jay Valai with the uh, co-defensive coordinator title that uh, I, don't, I do not think that I've seen previously. Call me crazy. But going into
0: year one, facing SEC competition, for Brent Venables to take a step back from
1: the defense. Ain't no way. Just Ain't no doesn't, way. It just Ain't the math no doesn't
0: math in that situation.
1: The math doesn't math. Uh, that's that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> he, Again, I, I, I just – and I don't know. Again, I don't want to overly speculate. I know that Jim Leonard's out there. Um, I know Jay Vali and him have a close relationship, so – uh, is, is that something that, you know, was that, is that a phone call that you make? And, you know, Jim Leonard's primarily been in the secondary, working the back end. Um, and, and, and maybe that is, he's a name that's not going to come up and maybe there's not going to be a name that comes up and they've already got their, their staff in place. But, um, uh, interesting, I, I would say, give me, um. Give me twenty four to seventy two hours and I think I'll have a much better handle on kind of what's going on. But that 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 throws me for a loop, man, how quickly they can get things done on a website, huh? No doubt.
2: No doubt. Get that doubt. IT Absolutely. department
1: fired up. The other news um, is clearly Alan Bowman getting a seventh year. I was talking about when this news came down, I was on Sirius X and Big Twelve Radio hosting. I don't think that there is a team in the country that has had more good news come their way (laughs) on their own roster than Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State. I'm like, I'm serious. Um, All five linemen, Ollie Gordon, Brennan Presley, Rashad Owen, Stribling's coming back. I mean, offensively, the only question you really had at all was quarterback. And though I don't think Alan Bowman is just no doubt about it, the runaway guy, uh, he's a proven guy. He's an experienced guy. He's got to take care of the football better. And I do think he'll be the starter going to spring. But I also believe that Garrett Rangel, Zane Flores, they're going to get opportunities. But the fact that you've got, you know, that many players in a quarterback room, you've got legit depth and a guy who's a proven starter that just took you to a Big 12 championship game. I mean, this a day after, which, again, I I expected – uh, Colin Oliver to come back, and he does come back. And I just, I mean, my Gundy's got to be on cloud nine, guys. I mean, I, again, I know Ole Miss has struck it rich in the transfer portal, and they are losing Quinchot-Judkins, and there's some other other teams out there via the transfer portal. But as far as retaining the players on your roster, there can't be many teams that have made out as well as Oklahoma State has so far uh, this off season, and it's a mo- what a month since the Big 12 championship game. I mean, has there been any negative or bad news out of Stillwater a- a- as it relates to the roster? I mean, wow. I mean, I, I mean, DJ McKinney is probably the biggest loss
0: so far, right? Uh, as a as a guy that played a lot of corner for them last year, and and a young guy that you know still has room to grow. But you, your your point is spot on, and I think the one thing that really stands out to me throughout this process is a year ago the majority of the criticism around Mike Gundy and the way they handled the offseason was basically the lack of recruiting their own roster right I mean we we heard reports that they weren't talking to anybody on the roster and that was mind-blowing like you have to recruit your own roster in this version of college football and they seem to have have done the exact opposite of what they did last year and not only have they recruited their own roster, but they've landed everyone.
1: I mean, it's, it's been a complete 180. It has. And Arizona's going to be really good next year. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams. Kansas is going to be good. West Virginia should be pretty good. Kansas State's got a lot to replace. But Avery Johnson coming back. Um, I think Utah with Cam Rising, they're going to be good. You'd be hard-pressed for Oklahoma State not to be the favorite for the Big 12 going into next season.
2: By I mean, the way, going to be
1: the conversation.
2: How about that 7-year matchup with with Cam Rising next year and Alan Bowman on that. By the way, I just found the story someone sent it to me. Uh January eleventh, 2022 when Jay Valai was hired. Uh Valai was hired as the Sooners new co-defensive coordinator yeah. with pass okay. defense. Yeah, so, I
1: I thought Okay, so they had 3 last year then. Yeah. I I okay. thought I thought that's what was um I thought that he had been Tab that. And again, some of that guys, you know, it's the title and, yeah. and you get paid yeah. differently so um, yeah, this is, it's going to be fascinating to see exactly what happens. I don't think, I'd be surprised if Coach Bates called it um, if, I, if I'm just being honest like that that would surprise me um, Jay Valai I don't know, I mean I, I'm i as intrigued as you guys right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work the phones a little bit and see if I can't uh, come <laughs> up with something but uh, it'll it'll be fascinating. A lot of co-coordinators in Norman right now, boys.
2: No doubt. And then uh, the other one that just came down while you were on, uh, Will Howard to Ohio State confirmed. Whoa.
1: Yes, it kind of saw that coming. Um, you know, I, I talked to Pete Thamel on Monday at the Rose Bowl, and he kind of said this is probably going to happen. Uh, Pete's typically a hundred percent spot on. What's fascinating about that is I did the Cotton Bowl last Friday night. And when we met with the coaching staff a week ago last Thursday, Ryan Day was adamant. We're not getting the portal. Well, I guess with Devin Brown (laughs) tweaking his ankle and even not looking good when he was in and seeing Lincoln Keenholz and you've got a a talented young quarterback in Aaron Nolan coming in. But I thought it was very clear watching that game. They need help at quarterback. And I could just tell you, as stressed as Ryan Day was, which, I mean, he was stressed in the meeting and just in general – I I didn't think there was any way that he was going to be willing to have some growing pains with a young quarterback. So I I actually think it it makes a lot of sense uh, for for them to go after Will Howard. And I I think it will be interesting how Ryan Day kind of adjusts his offense a little bit to the skill set of Will Howard. You know, it's interesting because he had the terrible night in Stillwater, a couple of just bad picks, but he had 33 touchdowns this year and didn't even play in a bowl game. I mean, and, and you go back and you look at the, the game in, in Lubbock, Avery Johnson comes in and has five rushing touchdowns. A lot of those were in the red zone. So just from an overall productivity, it was a you know a very successful year for Will Howard, and that's on the hills of the latter half of the season, him leading his team to a Big 12 championship. So he's a great guy. Uh, he's got, you know, he's 6'5", 240-plus, uh, good mobility, and he's he's just kind of improved – as a passer, though, there's still some inconsistency in there, but I I think without question, Will Howard is a big upgrade to any quarterback they currently have on that roster ready to lead the Buckeyes next season.
0: I know we'll spend more time talking about it tomorrow, but the matchup in general, I think, is just incredibly intriguing with Michigan and Washington.
1: A hundred percent, dude. I mean, it's Michigan's freaking good. Michael Penix is ridiculous, what he did the <laughs> other night. I, I look at it as it's i michigan is and i felt this way when i started watching the film like i it's why you know i don't like to pick the games that i'm doing but i i picked michigan before the season to win the national championship and then when the when the matchups came out i was like i think alabama's gonna get them then i started watching film of michigan and i was like man michigan's better like michigan is really really good and it's funny they're the best blocking and tackling team I've seen on film all year. It's amazing what fundamentals do right. And then when you look at Sharone Moore and the schemes that they have in the run game, off the charts. The utilization of motion, multiple tight ends, the physicality they play with, it's receivers block, everyone blocks really well. Sustained blocks. You got a quarterback who's as efficient as anybody in the country. And and then defensively, the you know they don't pressure a ton, but when they do, they get home. And they run a lot of zone pressures, and they roll eight guys up front on their D line. They are really good. And then I watched Washington. So after I did the Rose Bowl, I said Michigan's going to win national title. I watched Washington beat Texas, and I'm like, oh, how do you pick against Michael Penix? <laughs> because Michael Penix and those wide receivers, I mean, it, it kind of reminds you of LSU in 2019, doesn't it? Just with absolutely with how lethal they are, and even when you pressure Pinnock's, at least the other night, and his sack rate's as low as anybody in the Power Five. I mean, they got a great offensive line. I think Dylan Johnson's health is a, is a big question mark, but, man, after Michael Penance threw the ball the way that he did the other night, and Roma Dunze, Polk, those guys, I mean, how do you pick the against rest. them? I, even Westover, the tight end, I thought he was great the other night catching the football. That's going to be a great matchup, man. I, I can't wait for Monday night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to a lot of fun. I've gone back and forth uh on who i'm taking i i I think at the end of the day it's going to be hard for me to go against blocking and tackling like those things still win which warms my heart but it's going to be fun for sure we'll talk more about
0: it tomorrow dusty as well as uh our dallas cowboys trying to uh finish this bad boy off but uh we've got to run we're up against it uh catch up tomorrow see you boys That is Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz Hotline. I'm Colby Daniels along with Jeremy Poplin. We'll take a timeout and wrap up the show next here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.